Welcome to the Homes by the Guzman Real Estate Podcast. Your one-stop shop for relevant real estate information that will help you navigate through today's real estate market. Hey everybody, it's Alex Guzman here with the Homes by the Guzman Real Estate Podcast. Um, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you everyone for tuning in, taking the time to go ahead and support this um, this informational podcast. So whether you are at the gym, you're going on a walk, you're on your way to work, or you're just hanging out at home and you want to learn more about real estate, I'm glad that you're on this podcast and I pray that I can add value to your guys' lives as I definitely appreciated making this podcast for you and your family. So with that being said, I'm going to hop straight into it, into episode three being different ways or items to consider while writing an offer. So practically in episode three, I'm going to cover everything as far as what to consider, what are some pros and cons of different offers, um, you know, what are some cons with offering too low, what are some um, different ideas to consider in the big picture of an offer, and just, you know, just a ton of information to sort of broaden your perspective as submitting an offer, because it's not as simple as just lowballing, you know, making it look as easy as they do on HGTV, and then getting the home. This is simply to go ahead and give you more information, so whether your family's looking to buy or sell with the next month, six months, you're down the road, you can have this information at your guys' fingertips and then be able to use it to however your family um, sees fit. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and hop straight into it. I'm going to go ahead and be covering the closing costs versus the purchase price and what you know the overall debt is. We want to make sure that the homeowners and the home purchasers aren't just focusing on you know the the purchase price. We want to make sure that they're looking at the closing costs and what's the overall net. So that's one. Number two, we're going to be focusing on the consequences of offering a lowball offer on a home that you love, right? We all want the best deal. Don't get me wrong. We'll always fight to the end for it. But there are some consequences if you offer on homes um, of too lowball of an offer. And I'll give you some instances of what will happen or might happen. Excuse me. And then lastly. We have two little other things being um, utilizing the current sales to list ratio and the current comps as you're writing the offer and what does that mean for you exactly. And I'll be sure to break down what a sales to list ratio is and what comparables are. And then lastly, um, writing a letter and some other little ways that you could do to make your offer sort of stand out because in real estate, you have limited inventory and we want to make sure that your offer gets at least looked at a little bit more closely, right? So I'll be going over the little ways that you could um, do stuff to go ahead and sort of stand out, okay? So like I said, we'll go over the closing costs versus the purchase price and you know making sure you're not too fixated on that. We're going to talk about the overall net. We're going to be talking about the consequences of offering a lowball offer. We're going to talk about the sales to list ratio and comps. And then lastly, writing a letter and how that can affect your offer, right? Okay. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about closing costs versus purchase price and the overall net. So many times, home buyers say, hey, you know what? I'm ready to make an offer. And I say, okay, great. Let's sit down and make an offer. And I say, and let's say you have a home that's $200,000. Well, typically the home buyers will say, you know what? I want to offer 180, right? I want to offer 180. And what happens is sometimes they don't factor in the closing costs and how that can affect their their overall purchase, right? So they're going to offer 180 and then let's say now they have to pay 10,000 in closing costs and then really they're purchasing that 200 for you know 190 out the door and what I mean by all of this is don't forget 
that your closing cost is going to be a part of your overall transaction. Okay. Um, I know that we're so fixated on the purchase price, but also in a real estate transaction, when you're negotiating, you always negotiate the terms as well. So you're not just negotiating the, you know, the timelines and the purchase price, but you know, who covers what in escrow? Who are you going to get a seller credit? Are you going to get this? Are you going to get that? And that plays a big factor when it comes into negotiating for an offer, right? It's all about how much are you really spending out, out the door? How much are you really spending in total? That's what matters, right? So don't get so fixated on the purchase price. Don't forget about closing costs, which typically closing costs is anywhere from 2.5 to 4%, 4% usually, excuse me. So add that on to your closing costs. So if you have you know, purchase price of 100000 and you're spending 25 to 4%, that's going to be around 2.5K to 4K. But for example, just double that. But the point is, is that don't forget about closing costs and don't forget about you know, the purchase price. Purchase price isn't everything. So make sure you're weighing all of that out. And that's pretty important when you're looking at negotiating your offers or trying to get yours accepted with, you know, let's say there's eight offers on the table. How can you stand out, right? And other ways that you could go ahead and work that is you could say, hey, you know what? I want to buy your house for 200000 However, I want you to cover my closing costs, which is $10,000. Can you do that? And let's say they go ahead and do that. Well, you know what? Ultimately, you know, you netted yourself or saved yourself, quote unquote, $10,000, right? So that's what's important. Don't forget that closing costs plays a factor into your home purchase. And remember, closing costs is like the shipping and handling of a home transaction, right? When you buy an item off of Amazon, then typically you pay for shipping and handling to make sure that you have the right item. It's not broken. They send it. It gets you in the right manner. You get the item and it's yours. That's typically what closing cost is in a real estate transaction. You're just processing the title, making sure it's clean. We're doing the inspections. We're doing the appraisals. We're making sure everything that you get in the home, you know that you're going to get in the home and you're going to get it in a timely manner. And that's what closing cost is to sort of um, facilitate and provide the, the monetary figure for all of those processes and systems. Okay. So in a nutshell, Closing costs and purchase price. Don't get so fixated on purchase price. Make sure you're looking at closing costs because it's all about the overall net. And typically what your realtor can do for you is they can be able to provide you with the net sheet that tells you how much you're going to be spending out the door, whether it's cash on hand or a part of the loan, whatever, out the door through their uh, the resources. Excuse me, I'm a little under the weather right now. I've been traveling. Uh, I'm currently in Texas, so excuse me if I sound a little um, stuffed up. But anyway... So that's closing costs, which is purchase price and overall net. Remember, it's not just about the purchase price. It's about the terms and the closing cost that's associated with it. Okay. Secondly, I want to talk about the consequences of offering a lowball offer on a home that you love. Okay. I get it that we all want an amazing deal. Don't get me wrong. We there. You'll hear friends say, hey, I got 10K off the list price and I paid zero closing costs and I just got the house 100% financing, nothing. You know, it really depends situation to situation, different purchase prices, different loan programs, all that sort of thing. So what may be true for your friend may not be true in your local market. So please be sure to, um, you know, not fall into my neighbor got the best deal sort of thing. But the reason why I point that out is because many times I have a lot of clients to where they want to make a lowball offer and then they want to make a, you know, because they want the best deal. And I totally understand. I'm super empathetic with that. But the where that becomes a problem sometimes is what happens is, is that 
a buyer will make a lowball offer. So let's say you have a home that's going up for two hundred thousand, right? Typically, on average, if the if the home is priced correctly, you're gonna get like five plus offers. If it's a great home, probably like eight plus. And so, what happens is is, is if you offer a lowball offer, typically the sellers will receive all the offers, you know, as presented by the listing agent. And the sellers are really gonna only want to entertain the top three because you know you don't want to have to rewrite a a contract for every single you know offer even if it's a low ball so sometimes if you offer too low what's going to happen is that the sellers are going to be a little reluctant to want to still do still do business with you and they may just focus on the other sellers i mean the buyers excuse me and i know that you're, you may be thinking well you know what if they want a you know a higher price why don't they just reject my offer and then give me you know something more reasonable but the thing is, like I explained before, when we're doing a real estate transaction, we're not dealing with anyone that has like Donald Trump money or anything, right? For the for the most part, it's it's a lot of you know hardworking Americans. So for and it gets very emotional for a lot of home sellers. So if someone is selling their home and it's you know like it's their first home and they're super attached to it and they believe it's already worth a lot, and you offer a super low ball offer despite the comps you know being reasonable with what their list price is. Some sellers may, you know, take that as disrespect and they may not want to do business with you. And so just keep that in mind. Um, I know that the listing agent will always be sure to present your offers and say, hey, you know, I advise you to look at it, that sort of thing. But typically, if it's too low of an offer, sometimes the the sellers just may, you know, disagree with the agent and say, you know, I don't want to do business with them. And at the end of the day, it's the realtor's job to, you know, honor the um, the client's request. So just keep that in mind. If it's a home that, you know, you can live without, then, you know, feel free to go ahead and offer a lowball offer. But if, if you walk in and you're like, this is the one and you're, you know, your kids are running around and you're just like, man, honey, I could picture us in this corner. I could picture our pictures here. I can picture us cooking here. I can picture our, our bedroom here. And you just, you know, you really overlook that. Well, what happened and you just give a little bit offer, then you may lose out on the opportunity of your dream home just because you want them, you know, sort of nickel and dime. So please, 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 please do not, you know, always decide to make a lowball offer on your dream home and what what i always say is make a logical offer on your dream home which i'll get into my next topic so in summary with the consequences of offering a lowball offer you can really um, totally neutralize your your total efforts in getting your offer accepted in a in an active market by offering to of a lowball offer um, and for a lot of people that say well if i offer 180 then you know, I'm going to offer, then they're going to come back at 195 and then I'm going to say, no, um, I want 190 and then they're going to come right back at 190 and then they'll end up selling the house for 190 That's not always the case. The case is it's it, this industry is a very number-driven industry, so make sure to get those numbers from your realtor, which I'll go ahead and leads to my, uh, my third point. So the, here are two main things that you want to look at um, in buying a home well actually we'll add one more so three you want to look at one the current appreciation rate and that's always volatile so you know we can't predict where the market's gonna go but you definitely want to consider that but the other two main things is the current sales the list ratio and the current comparables in the area this is by far one of the most important items or the most important items when determining valuation for a home and of course it's not to replace an official appraisal but this is to for us 
as real estate agents to use you know, our due diligence and for you as the buyers to use your due, due, due diligence, excuse me, when writing an offer. So the current sales to list ratio, right? What is a sales to list ratio? Well, sales to list ratio is practically the percentage of how much the on average the home is selling for in that local area as compared to the list price. So let's say you have a home that's listed for 100000 and on average it's selling for 98000 Well, that means that on average the sales to list ratio is 98%. And that's important to note because let's say you have a house that's 200000 for you know similar homes in that area, then you know if it's then and if the other comps are going for one sixty, you could be like okay, you know that's not really in the sales to list ratio. You can kind of you know get that, and then of course the the comparables, right? The comparables are super important, and I'm not talking about a Redfin estimate. I'm ta- talking about a Zillow um, estimate. Those are definitely okay tools to go ahead and use, you know, because it's right there in your fingertips, but it's not always the most up-to-date information. And then also for the record, Redfin and Zillow has been known to um, have, sell, uh, sorry, excuse me, to have estimates or estimates that are off within a you know, anywhere from a five to ten percent margin of error, which means that, like, you know, let's say you have a home that's listed for a hundred thousand, or that's what Zillow says it's estimating for. Well, that means that with those margin of errors, it could be five to ten thousand dollars off, right? Now, imagine if that's two hundred thousand. Okay, now you're looking at anywhere from ten to twenty thousand dollars off, right? So, how do you? Make the most educated decision. Well, your realtor, you can always request, or they already should know, but just in case they don't, you should always request a list of comps before writing an offer. And practically what that is, and comps are just short for comparables. It's simply put, it's the types of homes that are very similar to the property that you're purchasing, whether it's in square footage, building plan, bedroom, neighborhood, that sort of thing, all within a half a mile radius that shows exactly what they have been selling for on average for the past six months because this is important to note because the appraisers, the appraisers which are the people who um, determine the valuation during your your escrow to make sure that the home that you're buying is you know worth whatever the purchase price is. And so what's going to happen is is that your realtor will pull up the comparables so we could say, okay, you know, Rick and Sally, that 200000 Seems about right. I mean, on average, the comps are going anywhere from one ninety five to two hundred five thousand. And then if the list price is two hundred thousand, you're like, oh, you know what? That's actually that's that that's in the middle of the comps. I think that might make sense, right? And then you think about the sales to list ratio. Okay, well, should we offer full price or should we offer with a little bit of wiggle room? Well, you know that if the current sales to list ratio is ninety nine percent. Then practically it's going to be ninety nine percent of two hundred thousand most likely, right? And then typically this sort of I guess standard business practice is like if you offer close to the sales price or the list price, then typically you can get more compensation towards the closing costs. But of course that's always negotiable. This is not set in stone, but just keep that in mind if if you're looking to you know get your offer accepted, it's your dream home, but also get somewhat of compensation, that's typically a good route to take to go ahead and and go the sales, the list ratio, use the comps and then also, you know, offer someone something a little close to list price while getting negotiating with cl- Getting um negotiating closing, excuse me. Um, so that's important to note. Sales to list ratio and comparables. Okay. 
Those are very, very important when it comes to trying to make an educated decision on your um, on your offer. Don't be just looking up a home and then searching it up on Zillow and being like, okay, this estimate says this, this is what I'll offer. Because what happens is with Zillow is that it gets all of the information based off of whatever was upgrade, updated into Zillow. So if, an, so if an agent, one, takes an overpriced listing that's, you know, um, just super overpriced, it could throw that Zestimate off. Or, um, or if there's a home that's super underpriced, it could do the same thing. Or if Zillow pulls, you know, a Zestimate that's from an, a mile away when really we need properties from half a mile away, that could throw it off. So don't get me wrong, Zillow's an outstanding tool to start with, but you always want to cross-verify that with comparables that the realtors provide for you, which typically can be pulled from their tax records and their and their um, their tools, excuse me. And then lastly, another thing that I always love to do for all of my buyers is writing a letter. You know, in this industry, it's such a personal industry. It is such a, an emotionally driven industry. You know, granted, yeah, we talk a lot of numbers, a lot of negotiating, a lot of business, but you know, we're all people at the end of the day. We're all hardworking Americans. So um, a really good example would be my parents. My parents, when they bought their home in Irvine, California, there was around eight offers on the table or there was just multiple offers. And the people that lived there were the original homeowners and they were like, oh my gosh, I want to know everything about the buyers as far as, you know, who they are, why they want to buy the home, everything. It just meant a lot to them, right? Because the home was sentimental to them. And so my family was able to write a letter. They were able to go ahead and um, submit that offer and, and just add a personal touch saying, you know, I'm a, you know, we're two immigrant families. We are looking to move in with our two young kids and, you know, we would love to live here for life. And, the sellers just love that, right? They love that connection and the price and the, the terms were okay. So they decided to go ahead and make the sale. And just keep that in mind that like, you know, if you're able to add some emotion to the transaction, then your offer could be looked at a little bit more closely. And of course, if the terms are favorable to whatever the seller's expectations are, your your stuff is more likely to go ahead and get accepted. And also now let's say you have a bunch of different people offering somewhat of similar terms, some sellers sometimes might go ahead and just accept your offer because, you know, you, your, your story was just so impactful or, you know, they may give you a counteroffer because they just really want to give it to you, of course, you know, being fair. And that's really cool. And then some other things that realtors should be doing, and you can double check to make sure your realtor is doing is, you know, make sure that they, you, you give the sellers a call. Say, hey, you know what? Um, Mr. Seller, we sent you an offer. We sent you an awesome letter. I hope you guys take serious consideration into um, purchasing your home. We would love the opportunity. And when you do that, sometimes sellers really appreciate that, right? So, yeah, I guess that's really it. Um, You know, I really appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys listening. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I keep uh, getting a little flustered. I must be getting some allergies here. Like I said, I'm in Texas. So let me go ahead and recap exactly um, what we discussed. We talked about the different 
um, ways or items to consider while writing an offer. We talked about closing costs versus, versus the purchase price and the overall net. So how do not get fixated on just the purchase price. I want you guys to understand that, hey, you know, we can put closing costs there. And even if you decide that, hey, you know what, I want to offer purchase price, you can always make contingencies on a, on a contract to make sure that, you know what, if the house doesn't appraise for whatever we offer, then we have the opportunity or we have the ability to back out without losing our earnest money deposit. You can do things like that, right? To protect yourself, making sure that your offer is competitive and at the same time, you're not going to be overpaying for a home that you know can possibly be underpriced, right? You make sure you protect yourself. So remember, there's a difference between just focusing on the purchase price and also looking at the big picture as far as as far as closing costs as well. And then secondly, we want to talk about the consequences of offering a lowball offer. We we talked about how that can be a deal breaker and that can detrimentally affect your family in the event that you know this is the home that you love, right? And then the third one was utilizing the current sales to list ratio and comparables. So your realtor should be able to pull up this the solid list of comps. Right, like I said, Zestimate and Redfin estimates are very different. You could see it in the you know four point font or in the little disclosures that you know to, this is not an official appraisal report or you know or in lieu of contacting a real estate professional. They say that for a reason. Um, so make sure you get those list of comparables from your realtor. And then secondly, make sure to go ahead and see what the current sales to list ratio is for that specific zip code, not the national standard. Put that local zip code because local markets makes all the difference. Then lastly, be sure to add a personal touch to it. Write a letter, have your realtor follow up with the call, that sort of thing. All of those things matter in a real estate transaction and it definitely, definitely plays a part. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed episode three of learning the different items and ways to consider while writing an offer. I hope you guys enjoyed the content that I provided for you. And I'm just going to continue, continue, continue to push out a lot of content. I hope this just affects one family because I know there's a lot of home shoppers here. So whether you're looking to purchase in six months, um, a year, two years down the road, you're looking to sell an upgrade, that sort of thing. Um, you know, or you just never plan on doing any of that. At least hopefully this information can be beneficial to you. And if you guys have any questions at all, or you have a question you want me to make on the show, you have questions you want to ask me, feel free to call me at 714-655-9910. So like I said, call or text me at 714-655-9910. I'm always available. And you can also give me an email at homesbytheguzman at gmail.com. Say again, homesbydeguzman at gmail.com. Or make sure to also be following me on Facebook and Instagram. You can message me there as well. At homesbydeguzman. Say again, at homesbydeguzman. So if it's on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash homesbydeguzman. Or you go on Instagram at homesbydeguzman. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. I love that value to you guys. Thank you so much for um, you know always tuning in. Be sure to like, comment share, subscribe, leave a five-star review. For every five stars you leave, I'm able to slowly build up my reputation to get better guests on here for you. So thank you so much and till next time.